All right, turn your Bibles tonight to Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll be in verse 5. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to read down to verse 9 when we get there. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Paul said, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, uh, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. It says in verse 9, And your masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, uh, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is the respect of persons with him. Let's go ahead and bow for God, again, we ask your direction on the service tonight. I pray for your blessing on the message and speak through your scriptures and uh, use your servant tonight. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> been looking over the last couple of weeks um, at the book of Ephesians, or the last couple of times we've been in Ephesians. Uh, but, uh, I guess we've had a couple of weeks break there. But uh, we, we talked about uh, the Christian marriage and the Christian family. Uh, we also talked about, you know, of course, the relationship not only between husband and wife, but between uh, child and parent. And there were actually several in a series of, uh, of, of commands that we are to submit ourselves one to another. But then there was always that, uh, that thing that was uh, tagged on to the end of that. Uh, husbands are to love their wives uh, as Christ loves the church. Wives are to submit or respect their husbands as unto the Lord. Children are to obey their parents in the Lord. And now we come to, of course, uh, well, even with fathers and and parents on how they treated their children. They were to bring them up in the nourishment and admonition of the Lord. And so, uh, you know, you have all these these connections in our relationships with one another. And in every single one, we see that we are to behave to one another and, and with one another as we would with the Lord. Considering that the Lord is a part of every single human relationship that we have. And we see now that it's not only our relationship within the family, but also uh, outside of the family as well. And today, we'll actually be talking about the Christian at work. Now, the verses that we're looking at today are actually written to slaves and their masters. And slavery, of course, was a common thing in biblical times. Uh, What's interesting is we don't really see the condemnation of it, uh, that Paul wasn't writing to the church to tell them to stop with that. But what he's saying is, if you are a slave, this is how you should act towards your master. Regardless of whether he's a good one or not, this is how you act towards your master. And if you are a person who has slaves, then this is how you are to treat those who are your servants. And so, if you do have someone in your house or in your in your uh, excuse me, household that is a slave, uh, then they need to be treated with compassion, they need to be treated with love, and uh, you know, and you're to be good to them and treat them like Christ would. And so we have that connection there. Well, thankfully, uh, we know that slavery was abolished long ago in the U.S., but these verses still apply perfectly in the workforce between employees and employers. And some of you may feel like you're a slave uh, to your job or to your employer or your boss, 
And, uh, and so we'll talk about the relationship that needs to be between uh, employee and either the business that you're working for or uh, the direct person that you're working under. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Now, really, this is divided into two plain sections here. We have Christian employees, and then we're going to talk about Christian employers as we look at the verses tonight. First, let's look at these Christian employees, though, in verses 5 through 8. And what I've done is I've taken these verses and I've just divided them into, I believe, different sections or teachings, commands, that Paul gives to these Christians at Ephesus and how they are as employees, or to them servants, but us as employees, how we are to act towards uh, the business or the, you know, of course, the managers or supervisors that we have uh, in authority over us. And the first thing that we see here in verse 5 is the work respect that we are to have as we are on the job. If you look at verse 5, uh, it says, servants be obedient to them who are your masters. And you can say it this way, employees be obedient to them who are your supervisors or who are your managers. Uh, even if you wanted to go to student and teacher, students be obedient to them who are your teachers. He didn't, he didn't go into whether they deserved it or not or whether they were worthy of that kind of respect. But he says to be obedient to them according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. I want you to notice that last phrase there. If you, if you don't feel like you do any of that other stuff, look at that last phrase. Do it as you would unto Christ. In the same way that you would submit yourself to him and be obedient to him and follow his authority, he says to do the same unto your master or for us unto your employee. Now listen, all of us at one time or another have had a boss that just expected too much. Anybody ever walk into work and your boss says, hey, we're going to change up things today, and uh, this is what we're going to do, and I'm giving you more responsibilities. By the way, we cut back on how many people are going to be doing this, but this is what your job is going to be doing. You're going to have to assume some of these other people's work and uh, and all this, and and you just walk out of there like, there is no way that I can do everything that they're asking me to do. Uh, My favorite one is uh, when your manager or supervisor gets a call from the corporate office uh, from a bunch of guys sitting behind a desk that say, hey, I think things will work better this way. They pass out all those commands. And you know, the people who are out there doing the work every day know that that is just ridiculous. You know that it's just impossible. There's no way it could ever really be done on a day-to-day basis. But nevertheless, that's what you've been commanded, and that's what you were expected to do. And it's in those times when there, you, you can grow in bitterness, you can grow in uh, you know, just a, a kind of a rebellion towards uh, those in authority over you. Whether you actually rebel in your work or whether you just rebel in the way that you talk about uh, your work or talk about what's going on and things like that. Either one is rebellion and it's not respectful to those who are in authority over you. Sometimes we think they're rude, they're out of touch with their employees, they're demanding and ungrateful. How many of you work day in and day out? I know some of you retire, but you've been there and, and you know it. You work day in and day out. And the only time you ever hear from your boss is when? When something goes wrong, right? You don't ever, they don't ever just call and say, thank you so much for doing your job and for doing such a great 
You know, that very seldom that happens, but the second something goes wrong, of course, you hear from them and things like that. And, and it can, you can build a resentment towards uh, your company or towards your boss, especially if you don't enjoy the job that you're doing. And when you have a boss like that, or even if it's not the boss, but it's the company over him, when you have that going on, there is a temptation to revolt, rebel, or even to repay them. And that grows day by day. How are you to treat your boss then when they act this way? Or how are you to feel towards a company when they're behaving like this? Well, of course, we know that if they're asking you to do anything that is contrary to the Word of God, they're asking you to do anything that is unethical, you, have, you must uh, do something about that. But if it's, if it's not along those lines, if you just feel like you're being mistreated or whatever, how do you act towards them? Well, I think Paul really gives us uh, an explanation of of what our attitude is to be. Regardless of how your boss behaves, you must treat them the same way that you want to be treated, and that is with respect. Maybe they don't give you respect. That's okay. You treat them the way you want to be treated, and that is with respect. Even if you can't respect the person, you all know this, if you can't respect the person, you respect the office or the position that they have been given. The truth is, regardless of what you think about the person in authority over you, they have been put authority over you, and God has blessed you with that job, and and Paul, I believe, teaches here that we need to be obedient. In fact, the words obedient in verse uh, verse 5, you see the words obedient, fear, trembling, all these carry the idea of being respectful towards those in authority. So even when your boss doesn't deserve it, remember that your kingdom, you have a kingdom purpose at work, and God has placed you in that job under that boss for a reason. And that's something when we were going through the Beatitudes, I brought this out, I tried to bring it out a couple of other times, but understanding that, you know, your purpose as a Christian, your purpose in the kingdom of God stretches far out, you know, past the walls of this church that... It affects every area of your life, including your work life. And so you go to work, you don't like the person sitting next to you. That's fine. You don't like the boss that's over you. That's fine. You have to remember that as a child of God and as part of the kingdom of God, that God has you there for a purpose. You say, yeah, I know what my purpose is. It's fixing this or it's doing whatever, (laughs) you know, doing this or that or uh, whatever your job entails. Well, that's true. You have to do that as well. But the reason why God has you there is a spiritual reason. And he's wanting, he's placed you in as a local influence to that company or to that business. And if you are standing by the same water cooler and talking bad about the same ball, spewing out the same hatred and the same aggravation and things like that, when you're doing that, your coworkers see you. And if they know that you are supposed to be a Christian, if they know that you go to so-and-so church or hold so-and-so position in church, or you talk about God here or there, but here you are, you're talking bad about your boss, you're spreading rumors, or you're, you're uh, you know, basically stirring stuff up or, or being a part of that, it brings a bad light upon you. And God doesn't have you there to get aggravated at your boss. He has you there to be an influence to your coworkers and even an influence to your boss. Now, there are endless stories, of course. Of, of people, uh, employees who were worked underneath their, their boss, and maybe their boss was was a tyrant, but they were so humble and they were so dedicated and faithful, and 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 their their conduct was so Christ-like that eventually their boss was able to come to faith uh, as a you know a, 
in connection to that as well, to their behavior. And so please don't lose, lose sight of the, of the fact that you are where you are for a purpose. And so there is a, a certain respect that the Christian needs to have at work. And the second thing we find here in verse 6 is work, work ethics, of course. In verse 6, it says there, uh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Now, this is an area that many of us have struggled with at some point. Whether the problem was with your work ethics or with the work ethics of others, many of us have faced this crisis. And I, I want to bring this out. I know that many of you don't think I have a job. But uh, even if you don't think I have a job now, I have worked out there before as well. And one of the jobs that I worked at the longest and hated the most was when I worked at the University of Missouri as a custodian for, I think I was there for four years. I've had other jobs, worked in other places, but never that long. Uh, and then, of course, a guy called me to pastor church at age 23. So, you know, uh, some of the, a lot of that happened between uh, graduating high school and, and of course, uh, pastoring a church. But uh, while I was working for the University of Missouri, I understand I grew up in the country, in the South, my grandpa is one of the hardest working people I've ever known. Uh, he's retired and entering into early stages of dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, or Alzheimer's. But uh, at the same time, he's still, you can't tie him down. He's constantly got to be out working, constantly got to be out doing something. He, he's just that kind of guy. And uh, I've told you all this before, but at age 12, I was sitting at home either watching television or playing Nintendo or doing something. And all of a sudden, there was a knock at the door, and it was my grandpa, and he said, come on, boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to work. And, you know, he did. He put me to work, and if there wasn't anything to do, he'd make something for there to be, you know, there, there's always a fence that needed to be built. There's always brush that needed to be piled, and uh, if there wasn't any brush to pile, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about get a whole bunch of limbs, pile a great big, you know, pile of limbs, and then burning it, of course. We pile brush, and uh, if there wasn't any of that, he'd go cut a tree down just to give me something to do. And, uh, you know, there was wood to split, there's always something to work at, always something to be involved with, and he taught me work. I I remember him being out there and and just saying, you know, even even as far as just, just work goes. You know, if your boss, uh, you know, Jesus said, if, if someone tells you to go a mile, you go with them two miles. And he says, when you work for somebody, if they ask you to do something, don't just do what they tell you to do, but go, go above and beyond, you know, even what they ask. Give, give 110% in everything you do. He, he would just, while we were working, he'd be out there just telling me all kinds of these things, okay? So I finally graduated high school, and I've got all this stuff that Grandpa's built into me, and you know, just just a great guy. And uh, and I was ready to get out there honest and hardworking and all this other stuff. And then I get into the University of Missouri as a custodian. That is where God put me. And I could not get out of there as hard as I tried. And believe me, I tried. I was applying everywhere. I could not get out of that job. I get on the job and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to I'm going to make my supervisor proud. I'm going to make my boss happy. I get into work, and I try. I went in there with the attitude that I was going to be the best worker. I was going to do the, even if it was cleaning toilets, I was going to be the best toilet cleaner there was in that, in that business. But if you've never worked for a, a corporate place like that, I, I found out very quick. And, and I actually had another guy that took me under his wings and started teaching me his work ethics, and that is you never go against the grain. So in other words, we don't work hard, 
You don't need to be in here working hard, okay? You're making us look bad. And, uh, and I reject it. I'm like, man, you're crazy, you know? And, and these people, I'm telling you, they worked harder at getting out of work than they ever did at doing work. You know, we had have, we have floors that we were supposed to be stripping and waxing, or we had areas that we were supposed to be cleaning, and we had a certain time to get that done. And, man, I would get in there, and, and uh, I rebelled against it. I, I, there was no way I was just going to sit around. You know how long the day is when you're just standing there and sitting around? And, uh, you know, and I, I would get in there. I would work. There's so many floors that need to be stripped and waxed. Man, I'd get in there, I was doing it. And I would do it myself because they were leaning on a wall somewhere or leaning on a broom handle somewhere and here I am working all by myself and you know I was I was doing the very best I could I was working as unto the Lord I knew what the scripture says about it I knew what I had been taught and do you know that I started getting in trouble at work now if the boss came by and found me standing against the wall or leaning against the wall I'd get in trouble but not as much trouble as I would get in if I was actually working hard and doing my job every day. And is that not the most backward thing that you've ever heard in your life? And so here I was. I was trying to be an honest employee. I was trying to work hard. I was trying to, even with people who were trying to influence me towards laziness and things like that, I, wouldn't, I didn't want to give in to that. I wanted to work as unto the Lord, but it got in the way. You know, of course, it, I, I started going against the grain. And eventually, uh, I, you know, I had to find some kind of happy medium uh, where I would work some and then lean against the broom some or do whatever you had to do to, to get by. Uh, I'm not saying that's what I should have done, but uh, that's eventually where it was. I, I found out that I didn't get as much trouble whenever uh, I started working like the rest of the people around me. But I want to tell you, don't make that mistake. You know, work, work as hard as you can. Be honest in the way that you work. And, uh, and I, I, I think I can say that I was, I tried to be honest and I tried to do as work as hard as I possibly could. And uh, even when I got, you know, some flack from it sometimes, even from my boss, which didn't make any sense to me, uh, you know, I still, I wanted to keep those ethics and I've tried to uh, continue with those ethics as time has gone. Now, Paul commanded them, uh, of course, uh, to work at all times as if their boss was standing there watching. And I remember there was a pattern. You know, sometimes I didn't have any choice about it. Um, I get put with somebody, and I have to work with them. And uh, this is what they did. If they knew the boss was over here, they'd go down this hallway and stand. And if the boss came around there, they go over this hallway and stand. And if the boss walked by, you never leaned against the wall without something in your hand. Now, I got in trouble sometimes because the guy that I was with would have a dust broom. We're supposed to be both supposed to be sweeping a hallway. He'd have a dust room. I'd be standing there talking to him. The boss come around and all of a sudden he's working. And what am I? I'm standing there without anything in my hands and she's going, what do you, you need something to do? Would you like me to put a list together of things for you to do? No, ma'am, I know. And, you know, things like that. And, and I'm just looking at him, you know, I, I could have wrong his neck, um, you know, but you know, those are the kind of things that you had to work with. But the, see, the thing is, you need to be working that way Regardless of whether your boss sees it or not. That's exactly what this verse says. In verse 6 it says, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. You know, and thankfully I did eventually get out of that job and I was able to get into some other jobs where I could work hard and didn't have to feel bad about it. 
But, you know, the truth is that I, I saw how far that could be taken, where it's just for eye service. The only work that some of them ever did was when the boss was coming around. And they keep something in their hands, worked harder getting out of work than they ever did working. And, uh, you know, and so Christians, we need to have better work ethics than that. You know, don't, don't just have something pulled up on your desktop that looks like work, but be playing Tetris until the boss walks by. You know, that, that's the kind of thing... Uh, that we're talking about here. Not with eye service, but as unto the Lord. Perhaps a better way to say it is to work at all times as if the Lord were standing there watching, because He is. Now, truthfully, the idea behind this verse is to serve with integrity. And integrity is doing the right thing, even when nobody is watching. As with many things, this is an issue of the heart uh, more than anything. And so if, if you've got a problem with working hard and and having integrity in your job, it's, uh, it's not just a work ethic, it's a heart problem that needs to be fixed between you and the Lord. Now look at the work attitude in verse 7. It says, with good will, doing service as unto who? The Lord, and not unto men. When we're working strictly out of the necessity uh, of our job, or if we're working you know, strictly to please others, or to make our boss happy, or whatever, there's often a, the temptation to base your level of work off of how much you enjoy your work, or, or how you're treated by the people at your work. If the company treats me well, then I'll treat them well. If I enjoy my work, I'll work harder. If they respect me, then I'll respect them. You know, There's always this if thing uh, that's tied along to it, but we must be careful in working this way. The command here is to work for the one who's always faithful, and that is the Lord. God honors work. In fact, work is an important part of who we are. I want you to think of Adam in the garden. Even before sin, God gave him a place to live, and he gave him a job to do. He was to take care and dress that garden. He named the animals. He was given management. Uh, management over God's creation. Work is a part of who we are and, and a part of our purpose here. And it can even be a part of our worship to God as well. So always work hard to honor and glorify God. But then we also see the reward of work in verse 8. It says, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall uh, he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Now, I, I don't think I'm reading this the wrong way when I, when I read it like this. He says, knowing that whatever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord. Another way, in other words, the Lord is going to reward you according to how you work. Did I, am I reading that wrong? So if you work hard and you work honestly and you work as unto the Lord and not as unto men, the Lord is going to reward that. If you work dishonestly, and if you're lazy, and if you're cheating your company out of time and things like that, even though your boss might be happy, the Lord's not going to be happy, and He is going to reward you according to that as well. Um, you know, I have written here that even if you manage to trick your boss, God knows. But even if your boss doesn't recognize you, God knows that as well. And you may be going to, hard, to, to work and working hard every day, giving your best every day, and, uh, and never receive any recognition from your boss or from your company for that. Don't get discouraged by that. Because even if your boss doesn't see it or doesn't recognize it or doesn't care, God does. He sees that. He knows that. And God has a way of working things, you know, to, to of course, 
uh, reward you and, and be able, not maybe not recognition, we shouldn't be seeking recognition, but at least to reward you for your hard work. So we need to work honestly, and we, we need to work with respect towards our bosses. And, uh, but then also there's a, a flip side on this, and that is, of course, uh, speaking towards Christian employers. Now, whether you are the employer or whether you're a manager with people who are working under you, uh, this applies to both. Uh, whether you own the company or just manage uh, part of the company. But we see uh, Christian employers in verse 9. He says, And you masters do the same things unto them, for very threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is the respect of persons with him. Now listen, I have been on both sides of this. I've been the, I've been the janitor cleaning the toilets. I've been a supervisor. I, I've been a manager over uh, you know certain areas. I had a district at one time where uh, several cities. I had different schools under my you know uh, supervision, things like that. I had to go travel and check on them. I've been on both ends of that spectrum. And of course, God eventually led me to be a, a pastor in, in leadership over a church. So you're not my employees, but I, I'm just talking about leadership. Uh, but there are different things that go along with leadership here that I think are very interesting. I'm not going to spend as much time on this as I did on the other. But I want you to look at uh, a couple of things here. First of all, leadership respect. And I think this is a big deal. In verse 9 it says, You masters do the same things unto them. Now what, is he, what does he mean, the same things? The same way that you want your employees to treat you with respect or you want them to work honestly or you want them to do this. He says you need to treat them the very same way. If you're a boss or if you're a supervisor, if you've got people working under you, you need to treat those employees with the same kindness and respect as you would want to be treated as an employee or as you would want the person who's over you to, to treat you. So if you don't want unbearable uh, demands being placed upon you, don't turn around and place those same unbearable demands on the person under you. There is a certain level of respect that needs to be given. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, stuck with me in seminary, and this is something I've tried to, to lead and live by, is, uh, you know, I, I was always afraid that it, I needed to know more. You know, needed to, to get more knowledge and, and uh, so I could preach better and things like that. And it was true. I did need to. I, I really, and I still do. I still do. But one of the things that one of these uh, more seasoned pastors told me is, is that the people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that applies for, you know, leadership in, in, the, in the office as well or out on the field as well, is that they don't care how much you've read about leadership. They don't care about where your margins have been or what your successes are. They're not going to care about it. They're never going to respond to you as a leader as they should, unless they're following what Paul said here. They're never going to respond to you as a leader until they see those very same servant-type leadership qualities being displayed in you. And uh, they, they need to know that you care about them uh, that, that you're going to work with and for them just as much as they are with you. We also see leadership conduct in verse 9 as well. He says, not only doing the same things to them, but he says, forbearing threatening as well. There is a, a certain conduct. There, there's a way to lead and a way not to lead. There's, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't drive sheep, you lead sheep. And uh, unless your boss hired you to be a people driver, 
um, then he probably hired you to be a people leader. And you don't lead them by driving them. You, you go out in front of them. Uh, one of the things I've quoted many times, um, but one of the things that really touched me over the last couple of years and just reading different things is that you can't lead people places that you've never been. If you're trying to lead them to a certain worth ethic that you've never developed yourself, they're never going to get there until they see it in you first. You know, if you're trying to lead them to a a level of success that you've never been to before, they're never going to get there until you show them how to get there. They've got to follow you. That's that's what it means to be a leader, to get out in front. And uh, you can't lead people you haven't been. So there's a conduct, a way that you treat people and, and, and manage people that needs to be considered. There's also leadership accountability we find in verse 9 as well. He says, knowing that your master is also in heaven. Now understand this. He says to the employee that God's going to reward you according to the way that you work. But he also says to masters that as you're leading people, you also need to consider the Lord's going to reward you according to how he's going to treat you according to how you treat people beneath you. So yes, you want to be a tyrant, you want to crack that whip and get tra- drive people and, and uh, put all these demands on them. He says, just remember in verse 9 that your master is also in heaven. You may not have anybody to answer to in your company, but you do have someone to answer to. And I think that's what it's getting at. Now, I don't think this talking about God is just going to get revenge on you if you mistreat people, but I think there is a certain uh, level of punishment consequences that you're going to reap as a result of treating people wrongly. And then leadership fairness is the end of verse 9. Uh, he says that your master is in heaven and neither is there respect of persons with him. And there needs, As you're leading, there needs to be a fairness. If this rule applies for this person, it's got to apply for that person as well. And if the rule applies for them, it has to apply to you too. And uh, so I, I know that uh, there may not be as many in leadership or in management here uh, so that, that's all I want to bring out from verse 9. But I think we see here that, you know, whether you're still working or you're not working, whatever it is, that uh, there, there is a way, there's uh, certain ethics or certain attitudes that we need to develop as Christians that, that God needs to develop in us. Uh, but I think we find these in these verses tonight. I want to just go ahead and read these all once again. Look at verse 5 with me once more. It says, Servants, be obedient to them who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as a service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And your masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing your master also is in heaven, neither is respect persons with him. <coughs> 